All right, welcome to the Fiber Performance Podcast today, episode number something. Um, today we're here with Corey. Um, now, Corey Boutwell, I'll get you to tell us a little bit about yourself, but I wanted you to come in today because I know you've just finished a comp prep and your comp season, and I wanted to talk about protein today and different sources of protein and amino acids that we do as part of a comp prep um, process. You know, so we go through a bulking phase, we do different things, and then we go through a cutting phase. So there's phases where we're trying to jam in calories to grow and make those things get absorbed as quick and easy. It's where we're cutting calories and we just want to get our satiety organized and have our stomach feeling good. Um, so tell us a little about who you are, what you do, and you know, promote your businesses and stuff because you do some amazing <laughs> things. You do some amazing things for people. You've changed lives. So yeah, oh, thank you so much. Well, firstly, I just like to say, like this is obviously so important to talk about. Um, what I do is I run a personal development company for men, and we basically have like a, a whole community which we're teaching people how to overcome themselves, overcome their mindsets. We're actually teaching a lot of people, you know, how to get over the fear of posting content because a lot of men find like judgment around posting content and then I also run a group coaching program as intensive called set the standard and that is literally we're helping people find their purpose we're helping them absolutely sort of transition through any limiting belief or mindset that they have and over overcoming that together in like intensive you know coaching we have like coaches and we have a whole bunch of people coming in. it's like over 100 people in the community yeah insane and what I did in like certain terms of you know my past and what I've been doing was I wanted to put myself to the test and prove myself worthy as a man to really set the standard for all inspiring leaders. And one of the ways I just broke things down to a few levels, I'm like, well, there's fitness and health, right? Yep. There is obviously your business and entrepreneurship because that's a whole hero's journey in itself. You've got relationships and communication and then your own mindset. Yeah. So one of the things is like, well, I want to dominate at all those things. So I started dominating all those things. But the first thing that I focused on, which I believe is you know, one of the most important is having your mind and your body sorted out. Because yeah. obviously, as you know, Matt, if you have all your health sorted out, you know, your gut microbiome, everything else, then your brain's going to be a lot better. And if your brain's really good, then obviously your fitness is going to be a lot better and you're going to be able to, you know, it, it affects your mental health and then when your mental health's good, it can show up in your body. So to prove myself worthy, I was like, well, and I'm natural, by the way, all natural, never, yeah. take, never taken a steroid or a peptide. A, I was like, well, I'm going to go compete in fitness competitions. Yeah. So I got my pro card in the WBFF, prove myself worthy. I have an amazing relationship in the lockdown. I have a great business. I'm locked into my purpose. Yeah. I'm not super attached to anything, but I love what I do and my emotional control is is world class and like and I, I truly strongly believe that. I'm really proud of that. Like, yeah, yeah. Humbly really proud of that. My network is insane and everything that I do that I love and I'm super balanced. Yeah. So I'm teaching everyone else how to do it. Yeah, brilliant. And people are t surpassing me like by far. And it's crazy seeing the stuff that they're doing. And obviously one of the ways to prove myself was the competing in the fitness competition. Yeah. So I had my first pro show recently. Didn't place, God damn it. Uh -huh. It's part of the show, part of the thing. I brought the, the best package ever. And yep. for me, in terms of when I was growing up as a kid, I used to look at, you know, superheroes. What yeah. They, like? they got these big, awesome bodies. You know what I mean? They look, they look like a superhero. And I was like, well, if I want to be a modern day superhero... You best believe I'm going to damn well look like one. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Backstage tanning and the tanning ladies <laughs> like, Jesus, you look like Superman. And I was ah, like, nailed it. Tick. So yeah, that's like a little bit about me and um, yeah. what I do. And yeah, absolutely love it. It's and I'll tell you something interesting. So like I'm one of those introverted kind of people that don't put myself out there a great deal. Um, I mean, I'm happy to do it, but I'm, it's just not my nature to 
take over everything. But what I'll find is I actually do snoop in on all your groups. So most days I'll see these little comments coming through. I'm watching the discussion. I'm in there reading. I'm not actually contributing anything. But what I notice is the support network you have with these great blokes. The stuff that people are saying, the stuff that they're actually um, throwing out there and the sort of things that they're asking for help. But then the little feedback that comes back, just the little things. And I said, that's why I don't bother replying. It's like everyone else is already in there chatting. They're like, man, you're on, you're on the right track. Good work. Yeah, I went through that. That, that hurts. Um, it gets better or you're going through hell, don't stop, keep going. You know, like that network is brilliant. I really love it. And you can see the, how important it is because you can see those things that a lot of blokes, um, we're a, lot, not just blokes a lot of people, we're all or nothing mentality. So we're like, like we've got to hit it hard. So if I'm going to go business, I'm businessman. You know, like I'm going hard. and they, I got Sacrifice to, everything else. Yeah, everything else can wait because I have to have these you know, obligations because I got, this is my role. We're talking about these warrior journeys and stuff like that. I'm off to battle, you know, I'm going to win this battle and we'll often do it with that sort of angst and aggression and integrity and, or not integrity, but intensity is probably a much better word. There's not always integrity involved in business. Um, but there's often intensity. <laughs> um, it's funny having this conversation for this is not what I want to talk about today, by the way, <laughs> but we were having that sort of conversation earlier about the different frequencies that we can sit at and the different life and the different way you feel so when you're in that hustle and grind and when you're driving that process and trying to force stuff to happen all the time you tend to get a lot of angst and aggression a lot of anxiety a lot of fear and a lot of frustration and realizing that sometimes when you take a step back you just slow down a bit make sure you get that balance make sure you're in sync with the universe and everything then all of a sudden things change because next thing you know, you're on a just totally different realm where you're attracting different people, you're connecting to different people and it just, things just work on a different pace. It's like a frequency. It's like, well, just change channel. I don't want to be on this hustle grind channel anymore. I want to be the channel where people are walking on the beach, having their, their cool meetings and cafes, not wearing shoes, t-shirts and stuff, you know? But that's why I think it's so important to talk about, you know, bodybuilding and talk about protein, as we mentioned, because Mm. in order to be the best version of yourself, like, and that's what we're mainly doing is honestly, like if you think about who the best version of yourself are and the second you're not living to that person or you're not on the path to that person, Mm. then you're just going to attract negative things around your life. And obviously if you go down to the bottom of a hierarchy, it's like, well, nutrition and, and exercising Mm -hmm. and refueling your body is the most important thing, one of the most important things that you can do to make sure that your brain's firing all the time. People yeah. say, Corey, how do you have so much energy? I'm like, my diet is so consistent. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I focus so much on eating good quality protein yep. every single meal. Yeah. So, Well, that's an interesting point. So when we're talking about this, so to get the best versions of ourselves, as a naturopath, so I've been a naturopath for like 25 years, and the way I look at the the naturopathic um, protocols and the way we treat people holistically as a naturopath. I always start with needing a base foundation. We need a stable state to work from. You know, if we're going to launch from anything, we need a stable base foundation to launch from. That base foundation was always built from, well, 80% of all, that's a 80% of all stats are made up on the spot. This is probably going to be one of them. Um, um, 80% of the dis-ease, 80% of the dis-ease that we see in society is comes from nutritional deficiency or nutritional toxicity. So a lot of the initial building that base foundation is removing a lot of the toxic insults and removing things that have a negative impact on the body and just making sure that you have adequate nutrition to make sure your body's capable of doing the things we want it to do. 
So, for example, we need to make sure we're not deficient in certain B vitamins. We need to make sure we've got our essential nutrients there, including essential amino acids. But we need our essential micronutrients and we need a good balance of macronutrients to basically build a stable state base foundation to do the things. And then what often, when then I look at that, you know, from a prescription point of view, it does bugger all if the person isn't sleeping well, they're not getting enough water in, they're not exercising, they're not getting the sunshine, but also if they're not doing that balance with the angst, aggression, recovery, survival. So the base foundation is, you know, choose your attitude, you know, get your exercise and do all that sort of stuff, get contact with the ground, you know, all that sort of stuff and make sure you've got the basic nutrition. Matt, I can speak to this because it was six weeks out from my competition being a natural athlete. Like uh, this time we really dropped my fat slow and I usually, because I got my DNA tested, I'll keep like my fats quite high. Yeah. This time I'm like, let's try, keep the carbs up a little bit and like drop your fats. Yeah. Six weeks out, I'm still training like a beast. Yep. I'm working flat out like, like until like, oh, I'd say seven-ish at night time, seven-ish and just like, because I'm doing speaking and my podcast, I'm communicating our groups, we're doing training, trainings, guests are coming on and speaking in the community. So I'm doing all these things and I went to my coach and I, I put on like five kilos. It was just water. Yeah. We went over through everything, straight back to it. What are you sleeping? Like, how are you sleeping? And I teach this as well. And I was like, man, it's like, well, sleep's not too bad. It's like, well, let's focus on it more than usual. And it's easy for me because I do sleep training. So I'm like, cool, back to habits that I've got. And let's tone down your training. And let's see if you can just get a couple more relaxing hours in a day because you're so used to this output. But now, how we've gone down on decreasing your calories and your nutrients, it's... You've got less in the tank. And I had less nutrients because I wasn't eating as much as I would usually. So I wasn't getting the right micronutrients in there. And the second I was like, okay, it's just literally shifted like 5% of things. Yeah. Back a little bit healthy. Dropped the five kilos straight away. Yeah. yeah it was literally yeah. then like three, four days. Yeah. Yeah. It was like straight up. So, but, but the main one was just literally just turning down training intensity. Hey, just out of curiosity, what is your level of fats that you aim for? Oh, so usually yeah. my level of fats yeah, that yeah. I like to yeah. aim for, yeah. I, I think personally yeah. is healthy, is like 90 to 100 yeah, yeah. of grams. Yeah, yeah. So, but what is that percentage of a percentage of your, I'm not, sure. not so much? I'm no, not sure just curious. A percentage. But yeah. currently what I'm doing is around 70, 75. Yeah, right. Kind of, eh? On my comps, I was down to 50. Yeah, right. So I was like, oh, this is low, but I have good quality fats. So yeah. I was eating you know, either like... Barramundi, salmon, oh, wow. omega-3s. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's all I really eat. And yep. kangaroo and avocado. That was like the only fats I was eating. Oh, mate. So well, let's have a look at this then because when you're going, when, you, when you're a competitive bodybuilder um, and you're going through these phases where no, normally people have like a bulking phase, build up a bit of muscle, knowing that when you're going through the cutting phase, you'll probably you know, lose a bit of that when you're losing the weight. So, yeah, I mean, that's typically the process that we run, you know, to grow. A very important thing I keep reminding people with protein, on the back of our labels, it says this is not your sole source of nutrition. Okay, so it's very important for people to understand that we want to be eating a variety of foods. So the interesting thing is what they've realized with protein is, so when we have a look at our macronutrients, so you've got your sugar, you know, your carbohydrates, which is your sugars and that, um, and then you've got your fats and your protein. So typically what we'll find is about across, the, for a general healthy diet person, they're looking around 30% of the calories from fat, good quality fats, and we manipulate that. The protein we work out to be adequate for you. you know, so basically, we need to design your protein intake to maintain your muscle mass. And what they'll often talk about is like 1.2 grams per kilo body weight and that sort of stuff. And um, so what, what the reason why I'm saying all this is, 
what you'll find is when people want to get larger and bulk up, they'll increase their calories. You know, so you get the fats, you get the carbs, you, but the protein, we just still build that around your muscle and just make sure you've got adequate protein for your muscle. When we go in into the cutting phase, typically what we need to do is we still need to maintain that protein levels to maintain your muscle. We still want the good fats to come through to maintain mitochondrial biogenesis, inflammation, hormones, all that sort of stuff that we need from the fats. And then what we'll often do is we'll manipulate the carbohydrate content, either drop it down and you know just play around with the carbs depending on what's happening just to get those calories down. All the new science coming out with protein is showing that in that cutting phase, if you're going to cheat with anything, if, you, if you're hungry and you're starving and you, you know, that sort of thing, you're better off, you can jack up that protein a little bit and it helps to maintain that muscle mass and it doesn't seem to have a bigger, as big an impact on slowing down your fat loss. And some of these people seem to, when you're really hungry, you can just jack up that protein, which is why we've got these protein powders and there's all these protein supplements that are often people are using um, without the carbs and without the fats in them. So at any time, we can just add them to a bit of water or just jack up that protein. What about vegan bodybuilders? Because vegan bodybuilders, their protein's like quite low. Like compared to me, I'll eat, you know, um, currently I'm on about 180. I've like dropped it a little bit. Yeah. Because um, I just don't, I find I haven't, haven't needed it as much. Yeah. Um, but usually I'm eating 200 grams to 220 grams of, of protein. Usually it's like my highest yep. macro compared to everyone else. But a lot of vegan bodybuilders I know that, double my size yeah and they um they're on like 160 grams of protein a day yeah yeah so what they're looking at there is with the vegan protein it's often got carbs and that sort of stuff in with it as well so what you'll find you know when you lean meat you get your meat and it's just pretty much protein it doesn't have those carbs it does have the fats and that sort of stuff in it so it's a slightly different profile where it doesn't have those carbs in it so that's why we often get these We'll, we'll isolate the protein out of those vegan sources and make it into a source where they can just spike up that protein without actually having to get in all those carbs and starches yeah, that yeah. are found within the legumes and everything as well. But i tell you what's really interesting is that there was always this school of thought. Yeah, so basically when we're looking at the protein content of animal protein, you know, we're looking at 20 20%, you know, 25 you know, like so one quarter when you steak, you measure and you steak, about a quarter of it is protein. But when we're measuring the plants, we're looking down to about like one-fifth. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we, it's not a huge difference. So we're like 25% in animal or 20 to 15 to 20% in plant. Often when you look at the studies, it's a difference with just a heap scoop or just eating a little bit more of it and you're getting a similar amino acid profile. But what you'll realise with a lot of the studies that they did, they, they'll pick single sources of plant protein as well. So they'll basically compare whey to soil or compare whey to pea, and then those each plant, and then they'll use the statement of um, animal protein versus plant protein. But it's actually milk, milk or whey versus soy. Like it's a, you can't basically say this is an argument between animal and plant <laughs> because it, what we're looking at is every plant is very, very different and they have totally different amino acid profile, which gives us the ability to do what most people do in their diet is actually eat lots of different things. And when they combine together, you get totally different amino acid profiles from each one of those um, different plant sources. So, for example, in our fibre plant, we use the pea protein predominantly because pea protein's got some of the best studies on it. They did a study comparing pea protein to whey, um, and the pea protein actually increased muscle thickness more than the whey. Um, because it's got extra arginine and glycine and things like that mm. in those, and they actually help with... You know, creatine renewal, vasodilation. They do a lot of other effects in, in working muscle to actually stimulate and support regrowth and mitochondrial function and reducing inflammations and that sort of stuff. 
and antioxidant pathways. So it's really interesting with the plants. Um, but then you have a look at something like watermelon seed, for example. It's actually ridiculously high in leucine. Really? Yeah, it's got like 30% more leucine in it than most animal proteins. What? Yeah. So Leucine's like the best amino acid. Yeah, so leucine is the main part of the branch chain amino acids that we're looking for to drive growth. And so what they'll often do is when they're looking at the anabolic potential of a a protein and comparing plant to whey or something like that, they're basically just measuring leucine um, levels and then leucine absorption and then using that leucine surge to predict muscle protein synthesis. And then they've always basically compared the animal proteins to sources of plant that's low in leucine and said that it doesn't have the same stimulation. But interestingly, they're only acute studies. That's showing just acute, or what happens if I drink it now and then I train, does it stimulate the same muscle growth as whey? And then in the acute studies, they're showing it, I mean, you can't stimulate muscle growth, you know, just once, meaning that, you know... You, measuring it like once or twice and it's, you can't do acute studies to understand adaptation to training and exercise it's multifactorial and it takes a period of time i mean you do a excuse me, you do a 12-week comp prep you know sort of thing to build muscle and burn fat now to think that you could do a study in a week to indicate whether which one's going to be the best for building muscle you need time um so when they do the longer chronic studies and over time they find that the um plant proteins do the same amount of muscle protein synthesis they're also finding that if you can formulate your plants and add in little bits and pieces into your pea protein like we added um, pumpkin seeds sunflower seeds watermelon seeds and that sort of stuff to the fiber protein into our fiber protein to add to the pea so we could jack up the branch chain amino acids we could get the tryptophan levels up we can get the other amino acids because every plant has a totally different profile so you can't just look at a study that's on soy wheat um, most of them soy and wheat and pea, um, but you ca- you got to have a look at the different blends and if you can actually get the same amino acid profile thing, that, there's no reason why plants can't do exactly the same for muscle growth as the others. But there is some other factors as well I'll talk about because we're learning all this stuff with the microbiome and it changes everything again, again, again. In terms of absorption? No, in terms of absorption, but in terms of kind of like everything. Because our, our kind like of our, what? Tell me the secrets. Man. Like our gut microbiome. I mean, we know that the gut brain axis, our gut muscle axis, the gut fat axis. We've got. We even know now that our microbiome's involved in lactate redox methods. You know, so if you're building up lactic acid and getting DOMS, your actual microbiome can recycle the lactate and turn it back into pyruvate as a source of energy. Pyruvate is um, cycle. Pyruvate mining. will go straight into the Krebs cycle and, okay. and gen- so basically Get one lactate up. molecule will give you two pyruvates. It's actually generally it's more energy than sugar yeah you know and, so and like to make to make sense of that that's when you actually your your blood's pumping and you have energy to actually start working out and, and yeah push, pushing it like hey, let's have a look like if you consider again so like like why like milk like when we think about like take a step back and just look at society and you know evolution and humans and animals like we're all milk was made by mums to feed their babies Oh, yeah. So milk's made for babies, and it's made for babies to grow. So the stuff that's in milk from any animal, whether it's your mum 
or someone else's mum, <laughs> <laughs> or another animal mum. You know, I just wasn't trying to be inappropriate there. Yeah. I saw where your brain went straight. Yeah, you just like got the giggles and went all red. Yeah. Go, you can't take milk from another mum. I was like, shout out to the mums mum. out there. Let's get some yeah, people yeah. to grow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, seriously, if you want to grow I'm fast. I'm a natural athlete. There's a quick way to do it. Exactly. <laughs> and if you want to grow fast, get back on the titty. Because that, <laughs> what does it? And, 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 on, and conversely, if you actually want to slow down the way you're growing, if you're growing too fast and getting towards obesity, diabetes you might want to get off the boob you know mm. because that's what whey is i mean that's what milk is it's on the boob yeah yeah so and it's made for baby animals for the first part of their life to get a very fast growth phase one of the, it does that through multiple mechanisms it does it through that insulin like growth factor effect that you get out of the dairies which you know, gets those genes just cranking for muscle growth fast it does it, you know, through the branch chain amino acids that can supply what we need for our muscles to grow and have that stop the muscle loss and that sort of stuff. Um, and it does it through the rest of the essential amino acids that are needed for the branch chain amino acids to work. So it's, it's got a very important amino acid profile to stimulate growth. But interesting, it also has a lot of other compounds in dairy that change your gut flora and increase particular... Um, colonies of gut bugs. For example, we have a 80% of our gut is made up. There's another stat that this one is actually not made up just now, but this was a real stat. So, firmicutes and bacteriodoides make up about 80% of our gut contents. What are they? What are so, they're basically two different types of microbes. So, okay. even though we have like 15,000 different species of microbes or some stupid number. These numbers are getting out of control. Like I can't bacteria. keep up. Yeah. We have a lot of bugs inside of our guts. But of that, there's made up between two different types mainly. And the way I remember is firmicutes don't make you firm and cute. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so firmicutes actually can increase calorie yield. So you can increase your calorie yield from carbohydrates by up mean, to 20%. What do you mean by calorie yield? So when I'm eating my food and you're, when you're, okay, so you're my coach and you're trying to give me a program for fat loss or something like that and you're trying to make sure my calories coming in are less than the calories coming out so that I can yeah. burn some fat. Well, these particular bugs, if, they, if your gut is dominated by things like lactobacillus, acidophilus, the sort of bugs that grow in milk and yogurts and that sort of Probiotics. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But particular strains, these yeah. lactobacillus, acidophilus style strains, they will actually increase the amount of, they will help you digest the sugars in foods and absorb them faster. And you'll actually can get an increased absorption of carbohydrates by about 20%. All right, so how do I take advantage of this so I can eat more? Yeah, so if you <laughs> want to grow, so if you want to grow bigger, yeah. if you want to bulk up, so when you're going through your bulking phase as a bodybuilder to build more muscle, wanna you want a stomach full of firmicutes. You want to be, that's where the whey and those sort of things are kind of good. They grow these firmicutes not into your get, stomach. Not good to get lean though. No, exactly. And that'll help with your bulk up phase. But then when you're actually wanting to cut weight, you want to actually get rid of some of those firmicutes and you want to move increase your amount of bacteria doides, they'll reduce the calorie yield from those same foods you've eaten, make it easier. But they also increase your ability to burn those calories. Because, I mean, it's crazy. Like, if you consider that some of these firmicutes, the way firmicutes actually dominate inside your stomach is they actually block other nearby cells from stealing their sugar because they love feeding on sugar. That's mm. why they help to liberate more and more sugar and, and that sort of stuff. So firmicutes love sugar, but they don't like sharing it. Um, so what they actually do is they release these compounds that block neighbouring cells from actually absorbing that sugar and utilising it. And in doing so, they can create insulin resistance. Okay? 
Now, if I can measure those compounds in your urine, then it means you've got enough stuff in your gut that's liberating these chemicals through your whole body and you are competing with your own gut bugs for sugar. So if you keep going down that pathway of staying on the boob and keep driving up those firmicutes long term, eventually it can contribute to insulin resistance. And the crappy thing about insulin resistance for a bodybuilder is before you get any sort of obesity or you know polycystic ovarian syndromes or acnes or any of these other things associated with insulin resistance or diabetes and heart disease, what you'll actually get is insulin gro- like growth factor resistance where you lose the ability to build muscle. What? So what happens is, you know, you'll get through a phase where you're, you're bulking up, bulking up, and all of a sudden you just can't grow anymore, and then yeah. all of a sudden your body's preserving well, fat. That's, that's what when we're getting in the yeah. insulin resistance. Well, that's what everyone says. Like in the bodybuilding game, it's like one of the best times for you to put on muscle is right after a comp. Yeah. Because you go down, you get lean, and you get shredded, I'm assuming because your gut is different, and then you start eating way, and then you start bringing all these different foods back in, yep. which is going to give you that big spike, and then it's eventually going to stop, which is why I always thought with the people who – had real good, strong superhero-like physiques, so they get lean like once a year. Yeah, which I think is so important because you mentioned about the seasons all the time. You like you always say, eat seasonal, do these things, yeah, and yeah. I teach people that in, in my courses and stuff. Yep, and it's like it makes so much sense where it's like, okay, well, one period of the year, and, and you know, Frank Zane was a perfect example of someone who did this. He's been on my podcast. He he come on and he was just like every single year in October, I get lean, and then I go for a bulk phase, and I get lean. This guy is like eighty years old and looks fantastic. He's yeah. still archery, doing poetry and lifting in the gym. Like, yep. he's insane. Yep. So for me, I made the 100% commitment where I was like, well, once a year, I'm going to go for a stage of like enjoying my food and the other one, like I'm going to get, you know, yeah. lean for my own yeah. health benefits, but also to look really good, which makes me feel better, stronger, more powerful and I can show up as a better leader. See, i tell you something crazy. <laughs> when you're bulking up, when you're getting bigger, we have to understand that there's, it's like a, it's like somewhere between one or two or ten times as many gut bugs in our guts as there are whole cells of our whole body. Yeah. So as you're building your body, you're actually building the gut microbiome that's appropriate for that body, okay? So you actually build the microbiome that allows you to grow muscle, but you your gut changes first, okay? Then when you cut those foods out, so for example, if you're coming into your comp prep and then you cut out some of the carbs... What will happen is the bugs that were feeding on those carbs that you're eating when you're growing, they will start to run out of food. Um, But they don't just die and they don't just get up and leave and find another host. They actually wait because we are designed to eat with the seasons. So we're designed to have like a fruit season in our environment, in our local neighborhood. And then that fruit tree will maybe just dis- not fruit for another nine what is months. That? Is that like summer, autumn. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the tree. Yeah. Um, yeah, your citrus will be winter, and then you get all your berries in summer and that sort of stuff. So we cycle through these things where we'll binge on them, and then they disappear. Um, but what will actually happen is our gut bugs that feed on certain foods like that are designed to be able to last like nine months, waiting for that season to come back. So what I'm saying is, if you build up a certain gut profile that allows you to put on weight muscle or fat or whatever it happens to be, um, if you build that gut profile that makes you a certain body composition and then you make changes to your diet. Now, just just even think if we're doing it as a three-month campaign. Understand that the microbiome that you built to get big or overweight or muscular or whatever or increase calorie yield, and that microbiome is actually laying dormant and waiting. Just because you change your diet doesn't mean it changes permanently 
And the reason why I'm saying this is, <clears throat> imagine if you've gone and you've cut your carbs and then you're like really proud of yourself because you did that for a week and then you go do a cheat meal and oh, you're putting yeah. those carbs or something back in. So you know what's going to happen there is these gut bugs are going to go, fucking fruit season's back. <laughs> you know, you little ripper. And then you'll see it all the time because you see these people that go, look, if I cut out all my carbs and I don't eat any of these things, my tummy's shredded and flat. And then all I go out with my friends for one night and I, 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 I have a cheat meal and look how bloated I am. You know, so what's happening in that instance is you've starved those gut bugs and they're just laying dormant. As soon as the food comes back, they're like, you little ripper. Because as soon as they think fruit season's over, they know that you know, fruit season may not come back straight away. So they shoot out a lot of spores and they've got these spores sitting there waiting for the carbs and that to come back. As soon as it comes back, you blow up. But that's how we get rebound weight gain. So what's really important when people are cutting back on their carbs or when they're starving off those bugs, the firmicutes and that sort of stuff, this is where it's really important to fill up your diet with polyphenols. This is where it's really important to fill up your diet with antimicrobial compounds like garlics and gingers and um, the peels Before and the seeds. After? While you're cutting carbs, this is why you oh, go, okay. get rid of the high starchy energy and carbs replace and replace it with herbs. salads and herbs yeah. and spices and yeah. green. And don't do the iceberg lettuce if you could fill it up with like corianders <laughs> and I watercress. I do this unintentionally. And, yeah, so loading up your foods and then yeah. loading up your meals, like when you're having your eggs and that sort of stuff, loading them up with um, other herbs and spices, yeah. things like dill and capers and all these weird things that have got very low calorie yield. You can almost eat them. Yeah, they're almost negative calories, these herbs. It takes so much calories to actually chew them and process them. You get bugger all out of them. So you can use those sort of things to fill you up. But more importantly, they're killing off the bugs that overgrew and allowed you to get big. And you won't... So when I lost, I lost like 35 kilos getting rid of my gut. I'm on a campaign to put on a little bit more muscle now. But because I did it as a process of killing off the gut bugs... From the very first moment it started happening, my cravings, my appetite and everything changed. Very important for bodybuilders and everyone to know. These gut bugs hijack our brain, all right? Yeah. Now, when you're dieting, it, the gut bugs tell you what they want to eat. Do not let them win. So if you are sitting there, you've cut out all this food and all of a sudden these buggers are going, no, we need that lactose or we want that milk or we need those carbs. Like I'm craving carbs, I need the carbs. That's not your muscle. Yeah, I'd love That's to not your this. brain. That's your gut because and don't let them win. Because yeah. Yeah. getting like the whole process of a bodybuilding competition, what I find is it's, for me, it's a very spiritual thing, right? It's, yeah. it's not an insecurity for me because I decided I'm going to compete for the rest of my life because I love getting out on stage to thrill. I get a kick out and of it. And your mates with Ken. I get to display. And <laughs> mates with Ken weighs an absolute stud. Obviously, look up to him. 65 years old, still competing like a mm. beast. Um, so that for me is a display of good physical health. And for my mission and my purpose, it's like, well, I've got a responsibility and obligation to do it. And I love it. So I'm always going to do it. Now, understanding when you're not competing out of an insecurity and you're not getting lean out of insecurity, yes, you do the photos and things. It's just part of the process. I want to keep them for a long period of time for me. Um, but the, the, the majority of the process is during a bodybuilding competition, you have to be so mindful and present and enlightened because you are consistently fighting impulses, urges, desires, and fantasies mm -hmm. about like, and this is a 24 seven. It's like you wake up, I'm hungry. You eat, I'm hungry. You train, I'm hungry. Then your body sends you reactions. If you know anything about the unconscious, right? It's like it, what happens is depending on your body, it sends you signals unconsciously. Like when you start laughing, you can't control laughing. Yeah, yeah, when you, yeah. When you feel really horny, it's like, okay, you're going to get yeah, sticky. Yeah, it would, yeah. Like whatever it is. Um, and you can't control those bodily reactions. 
Same thing as when, you know, your unconscious is speaking to you and you're walking to the fridge to grab something. Holy shit, I just yeah. grabbed this food and I didn't even want it. Mm -hmm. Your brain literally tells you what to do, which is why, like, I recommend, you know, I do recommend everyone go through, like, some sort of bodybuilding practice yeah. or, like, I just sort of, sort of don't like the term bodybuilding sometimes because I think it's just, like, just creating a, you know, just a beautiful physique yeah. for a short period of time. And it's like a rose, right? You look at a rose and then it dies. Yep, it's yep. beautiful for a period of time and then it goes. Yep. I mean, you can appreciate it while you're there. But if you're going out of it for the sake of any sort of attention or mindset, you're cr it's going to crumble straight away and then you will suffer from the binge eating and, and all of the other things. Yeah. But coming into it in a, in a mindful approach, which I try to do every time and be aware of, this is going to make me better of all my thoughts every time I doubt myself, yeah. every time you know I get triggered by my partner, every time I'm lacking in my business ability, every time my purpose is going down, I'm aware like, hey, this is a thought, I'm having a bodily reaction. And I'm putting that through the test yeah. in bodybuilding whilst I'm doing the com competing because I have to be so aware and present because the second I'm not present, it's like riding a, a mountain bike and it's like you yeah. miss the wrong turn, you're going to fall off. Same thing. You miss the wrong thing or you're not aware of yourself yeah. for a second, you're going to eat something yeah. that you know no. you're not supposed to. But man, I'm getting goosebumps right now mm. because there, you have. this is the, the most powerful thing we can teach people today, Ever. I believe, is that you have to understand all that stuff you just said when you believe that it's you, okay, so if that's your weakness, if that's your insecurities, then you, to a certain degree, you kind of like beat yourself up a bit. Oh, like yeah. You're like, man, Shame, like hard enough. Guilty. You're like, man, yeah. come on, what's wrong with you? Well, how come you can't control yourself here? Now, if you were to understand this concept, that have you ever heard of toxoplasmosis? I've heard you say it before. Yeah, I that's not that, tell you what that's it is that, again. No, that's that. It's a bug that gets in rats that makes rats. And it gets transmitted through cat poo. And it makes them go to it the It makes the rats seek out cats so that the cats eat them. Yeah. So that transfers this thing. Um, rabies, it's transmitted through um, saliva. It makes you want to bite things to actually yeah. transmit. What I'm trying to say is your gut bugs tell you what you're craving. So if I was to tell you when you're coming into comp prep season, or if I was to tell your customers that they're trying to lose some fat and that sort of stuff, those urges and those cravings, that's not you being weak. That's yeah. not you needing that. That's not you trying to reward yourself. That's not you just being a dopamine addict or whatever that we talk about with reward deficiencies or whatever. What if I was to tell you that there is an actual microbe living inside your stomach that you have been carrying around that is telling you to eat those foods? And what if I was to tell you that when you kill that microbe and you get rid of that microbe, you will no longer have that craving? And when I tell you that, and then if I tell you that, you have the opportunity then to either feed that microbe with the carbs or poison the little bastard. Don't feed it. Like, if these microbes are trying to sabotage your goals, no, trust me, they don't know, and they don't care that much. They just want to maintain their host. They want to maintain you and keep you where... For their life, it's been great so far while you're eating all those foods and wandering around and migrating and spreading, but... They need to maintain you. They think they're doing the right thing. They think when you're starving, get this guy to eat because he's actually losing weight. Like He's starving right now. We've got to get him some food. But they're starving. Now, there is so many of these little buggers. What we sp They're supposed to be just living in our large intestine. But when they start overgrowing and overpopulating and moving up into our small intestine, they're, they're fermenting all this food. You know, like when we have a poop, I mean, 10 to 20% of our poop the dry part of our poop, which is the part when you wring the water out of it, <laughs> no, 10 to 20% of your poop is like dead bugs overflowing. We have way too many bugs. 
And because we eat so consistently, we don't vary our diet enough where we starve for certain times of the year like you do. And so most people are consistently eating a balanced diet, but we're not getting that varied diet and we're not getting those phases of starvation and intermittent fasting and things. Our gut becomes so strong and robust with these bugs that they change our brain chemistry they make us crave what they want they control our fatigue and our energy levels and our metabolism and our calorie yield from our food they determine how much food they get and how much we get they have taken over us in many many people anyone that out there talking about bloating and fullness and inflammatory conditions in their gut your guts can totally change your brain and they'll take over your life because the food that you've been eating and the lifestyle that you've been living has allowed them to do that. Now, if we can show people that eating whole foods as close to nature, fresh, that's local, that's in season, all the skins, the peels, the seeds, the roots, the um, all the bitter compounds that we find on those sort of things, um, all of these strong flavours that we get out of all of our herbs and spices, these are the actual compounds that actually stop the bugs from overgrowing and it's not surprising that those compounds are found with the sugars and this is why I'm so obsessed and this is actually why we called our company fiber phyba because there's this bullshit statement out there saying that the biggest deficiency in western society is fiber and telling everyone just to load up on fiber which is not true because fiber is just food for gut bugs and if you go and load up on just fiber and you've already got overloaded gut bugs you're just going to feed the buggers more the key is, is what is normally found in fibre are vitamins, minerals, nutrients and phytochemicals. The phytochemicals that control the ratios of the gut bugs, that decide which gut bugs are going to thrive with this fuel source fibre and which ones aren't going to survive, which one are going to get killed off and not feed on this. So it's so important that we eat these whole foods and whenever you're doing a body composition plan, especially fat loss, you need, if you want to reset your body composition, you need to reset your gut first. <laughs> and the only way to reset your gut is a holistic approach, which includes diet, exercise, and specific nutrients, which you don't even have to be that clever. It's just the shit that's in whole food that's in season. <laughs> you know? Man, there is, Frederick Nietzsche quote, there is more wisdom in your body than your deepest philosophy. Yep. And you read the book, Eric uh, Eric Newman, The Origins and History of Consciousness. It yeah. talks so much about how like your body and your mind are the same things, which I was saying at the start of the um, uh, the podcast here, of why I believe it's so important. And I teach it in, in my communities and my programs because we're just mentioning right now, because your unconscious, your mind, your thoughts, how it all works, you know what I mean? It's one and the same with your body. Your gut, as you were explaining, your guts control your ego. Mm. Yeah. Your gut literally influence your ego. Yeah. Now yeah. you have to have literally in your mindset when you're getting triggered, let's say you don't have the right bugs and yeah. bugs in there and you're going through the diet and I'm I'm getting triggered because I'm like, oh, I'm really craving something right yeah. now. Then I have to be aware of, okay, this is like my ego response out of safety because my body needs to clasp and, and grab onto this food and I must eat this or I'm going to die. Yeah. It's literally influencing my ego. And I'm like, no, it's just an ego response. It's all good. People can eat... Don't people do like twenty one day fasts? Yeah, like yeah. My dad does. My dad has done something like eighteen three yeah. day fasts. Yeah, functions perfectly throughout the whole time. Like, but you know, we were talking before about like the way we want to. They always talking about spiking up your plant protein to get the same amount of branch chains and that sort of stuff in mm -hmm. it as the the. But the reality is, is when they study plant protein over a long period of time, they get the same muscle protein synthesis. 
What do you so, mean by that? So what I'm saying is they have this theory that you can't build as much muscle with plant because it's deficient in branch chain. The only way you could do that is to take more plant. You know, like eat more plant to get all about getting these branch chain amino acids to be equal to whey or equal to beef and steak and that sort of stuff. But when they study the high branch chain amino acid animal protein versus the lower plant-based one, and they do that over a long period of time, they end up in the same point. Now, what's interesting about that is the theory is that they need more branch chain amino acids. It's deficient. So how are they building this muscle if they don't have the branch chains to do it? Well, what they actually are doing is our gut microbiome can make the branch chain amino acids. So <laughs> if our gut is deficient, if our body is deficient in branch chain amino acids, our microbiome can be recruited to build branch chain amino acids that we need for our body. Now, what's interesting about branch chain amino acids when we supplement with them, in doing that, supplementing with them, you can actually have a negative feedback mechanism where you can actually change your microbiomes and you don't need to make them now. We're just feeding them directly to you. So you lose that ability to build your branch chain amino acids and possibly the deficiency in branch chain amino acids, which becomes negligible at the end of a study, is possibly because the gut microbiome is actually generating the extra branch chains anyway. And it'll often do that out of other fuel sources like sugar. Crazy. Imagine to make it to convert your sugar into branch chain. Now, B12, if you don't have enough B12 coming through, your microbiome will make that. Microbiome makes the glutathione, it makes our hormones, it does a lot of these. It makes GABA. If you've got too much glutamic acid coming through, um, which irritates your nerves and keeps you alert and stops you from sleeping, your microbiome's capable of making GABA. But then, you know, if we're deficient in vitamin B3, your microbiome will hijack your tryptophan. That would make you feeling content and nice and convert it over to B3, which um, basically leaves you feeling anxious, depression with cravings. An interesting thing about branch chains, though, is if we exclusively supplement with branch chains, or you know how, like, a lot of bodybuilders, you might do this yourself, but a lot of branch, branch chains, you can kind of, when you're starving, are a bit like cordial, you know, so you can get these flavoured branch chains, you can have them before a meeting, and they do help your performance when you're training, especially when you're starving. The way branch chain amino acids support sporting performance when you take them before or during training is they are sacrificed and used as a source of fuel. So they have a muscle-sparing effect. So <clears throat> you'll basically use the branched-chain amino acids as fuel. But some people claim branch chains to wake them up. I work like a pre-workout. And the way they do that is they actually compete with tryptophan and serotonin absorption into your blood-brain barrier. And that way, branched-chain amino acids will go into your brain <clears throat> and stop the serotonin coming in. So therefore, you get less of that chemical that will allow you to be relaxed and sleepy and therefore they wake you up a little bit. And then the only other side's uh, contributing to like sort of insulin resistance to keep your blood sugar levels higher, um, and that, that's how they support your performance. But our body can just make the branch chain amino acids itself when it needs it for muscle protein synthesis, which is done away from training, you know? So, yeah, I usually <coughs> don't have any supplements. It's only yeah. like the past four weeks is like a bit of flavouring. I've been using like some EAAs, BCS, but I'm really going to stop because that's like all I use. So supplements are literally just like e-food, bone broth, and then I mix with singular aminos yeah. sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. That is it. I'd love to, I don't know if this would be a good topic to talk about, but I'd love to get like your recommendation on terms of me now post-comp, like mm -hmm. after I've gone, got really lean and got to here. Like, do you think it would be a good explanation? If we run through, or we could talk about before comp, what I'm, like what's happening in my body now mm -hmm. and what I should be doing yeah. 
now that? Do you think that'd be... Yeah, it'd be great. So let's go through the whole process quickly. Right. <clears throat> Just summarise it. Um, so when, when you're going through the bulking phase and we're trying to get more and more calories in, this is the time when you want things to be simple and thin and absorbed easily because you're just trying right. to get bulk calories in. Right. This is where a lot of people go for things like the whey and the collagen and those sort of things that when you add them to water, they're just so thin. Yeah. You just throw them in. But only if you're not eating those foods. Um, we don't necessarily eat a lot of collagen, so that's something that I do believe we can support. You know, like the way it all works, this is a, a big picture kind of concept. You know the anatomy physiology charts? Yeah. Everyone knows them. Yep. But for the listeners out there, if you see it on the wall of your physio place or your PT will show you or you Google the anatomy physiology charts, they're basically people without skin. Um, that's what they look like. And then when you look at the anatomy physiology charts, you've got your red meat and your white your white stuff. Mm -hmm. So the white stuff's all your fascia, tendons, ligaments and bones and all the red meat is your muscle. So collagen and that stimulates the white. So when people want to know why do we supplement collagen or why do we need to make collagen, and the vegans make collagen by hydroxylating um, proline with vitamin C. So Stimulate you, that sock, baby. Yeah, yeah. So that basically, the fascia builds the infrastructure that allows you to build the stuff. The red meat is basically what we build with our macros. Yeah. So your protein. So whether that's whey, um, casseins, um, plant protein, or fish and meat and um, or legumes and tofus yeah. and that sort of stuff, that's providing the protein that you need to build that red meat. Yeah. And then you just need to support that other collagen aspects to build all the white meat. So should I show just run through quickly what my diet is and yeah. just run through of what I did before, during, and what I'm doing? Well, actually, I don't know what to do after, to be completely honest. I'd, lo tell I'd, you love, now. I'd love your advice. You're about now. to tell me what's going to yeah. be best. So prior to starting the competition, essentially what I would have is I'd have a little, what I call a muscle shot, and I'd mix manuka honey. Yep. And I would mix, I'd probably say half a scoop of whey protein. Yep. And then I would put in glutamine, leucine, and a little bit of glycine. Yeah, cool. And World's worst vegan. <laughs> World's yeah. worst vegan for that, yeah. World's <laughs> worst vegan for that. Um, and then I would have a, I'd have a bone broth. Yep. And I'd, and I'd usually mix, um, so what I do do is I mix like bone broth with a little bit of liver powder and spirulina. Yeah, yeah, you sometimes go. Sometimes I'd do something like that. And, and do you know what's crazy? What? Out of everything you said, the only thing I don't actually like is the spirulina. Is it? Because oh, it's got the wrong type then. of B12 and it's full oh, of toxic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm getting rid of that then. So I don't do it occasionally, yeah. um, the spirulina. It's not every day, but the main thing is I'd have liver powder and I'd have um, or liver tablets and I'd have a bone broth. Yep, and then yep, yep. for breakfast, I'd have a piece of salmon or barramundi yep. and I'd have um, a, probably a couple of pieces of toast, one square of dark chocolate and a bunch of mixed veggies, a lot of them cruciferous, yeah, yeah. cabbage, capsicum, yep. um, Brussels sprouts, broccolini, and onion, and I'd usually cut up a bit of parsley. Yep. For my next meal, I would have um, the pretty much exactly the same thing, but with kangaroo as the meat instead. And then I would have a, a fattier meal next. So the, the I'd pretty much have the exact same thing, but with bison, maybe mm -hmm. bison or like a beef. And then I'd have a bison or a beef with dinner. But I still have the veggies, and I would have... Um, f for my carb source, either sourdough with a little bit of like nut butter on there, I would have, or literally just rice. Yep. That's pretty much pretty much what I'd eat. Yeah, so it's interesting when you compare that to a plant-based <clears throat> diet. The main problem with a plant-based diet is that with those foods that you mentioned there, those meats, they don't have that carbohydrate in it. So you can actually strategize protein um, carbo it's easier to strategize your macros without knowing every time you're putting in a plant, 
it's got the carbs as well. But in saying that, you look at it, and it's almost a similar split when you actually look at a good plant. So you get the combination of protein, fat, and carbohydrate all in the one variety of food. So you can achieve the similar protein levels, but the challenge is to do that without the carbs. That's where we make the plant protein powders. So you can cut out the carbs yeah. when you're getting and just spike up that protein yeah. when you're doing that extra training. I have a lot of veggies, though. Yeah, so yeah. I have, like, just a... Big load, and I'll use. And that's like what you want. Herbs and parsley. See, this is the other thing that I've constantly not discussing. Like Everyone is. So I'm not. I'm an omnivore as well. So like I don't. I'm not um, full plant based in regards to vegan. And I, a funny thing is, is I'm having all these conversations with a lot of vegans, and you know, hanging out with James all the time. And I, I think it was. I think it was James a moment. Hebrew. I think about six months into it, um, there was this little epiphany that people realised I eat meat. And they come through, and I'm just sitting there going, hang on, I, I never said I was, like, vegan or anything. <coughs> and I said, and they said, but no, you said you're plant-based. And I said, have you seen my plates? <laughs> I said, every time I have a meal, I said, I'm, I'll often get the, the protein to be size and the thickness or something in the palm of my hand, and then I just load it up on ridiculous amounts of vegetables, herbs, and spices. You go into my house, it's like a... Indian Chinese grocery store. Is it? Like, yeah, we got all the jars of all the herbs and spices. You open up the cupboard, it smells like you've walked into some sort of oh, third yes. world country. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have all the weird stuff, but the, just the bulk amount of plant stuff that we eat, you know, and a little bit of meat on there, I don't see a problem, you know, with it. I actually enjoy it and it's good for me. But it was quite a funny concept that you had to be like avoid something to be plant-based it's like no that's encouraging people to eat the good stuff mm. and i think at any doesn't matter whether you're whatever you are it's like having that plant-based diets yeah. quite interesting because i have a look at a lot of the carnivore diets as well where they can't claim to be carnivores but there's a lot of plant stuff in there you know there's a lot of berries there's, there's a, a lot of bit. herbs yeah. and spices and all that sort of stuff and they're very important to control the pathways that you need for your protein as well. Mm. So things like garlics and gingers and herbs and spices, always just load up on as many of those things as possible mm. um, whenever you're doing these diets. So then when you're coming into the, what I've noticed with a lot of the bodybuilders and that sort of stuff that I chat to, is when we're coming into the cutting phase, this is the point where people are like hungry, okay? And this oh, is yeah. when they're hanging out oh, for man. their next meal. Still hungry. But in this instance, this is where we've actually been switching a lot of people onto the plant protein, or a lot of people are just naturally switching to the plant protein. I love this. So when you get whey and collagen, and do this as a little experiment, get your glasses of water on the bench, and you just put your whey in one, collagen in one, and then plant in another, your whey will dissolve and look like a nice milky thing and taste like a milkshake. And, you know, I've got to tell you something. I've got to disclose this. My whole obsession with building protein powders comes from the fact that I was an extremely sickly kid. You know, I was constantly had asthma, eczema, stuck in these humidity tents, having these stupid asthma attacks, and it was because I was allergic to milk. So I kept drinking milk, and then they moved me from cow's milk to goat's milk, which is why I have like this weird hatred for goat's cheese and everything now, forced to have it. It was milk all the time was making me sick. You know, so then I, I just, but all I've ever wanted my whole bloody life was a milkshake. <laughs> just give me a milkshake. And so all I want it because so my whole family, oh. they're having like the thick shakes that have ice cream at night. And we'd have a, so everyone's having like wheat bicks for break of milk. And I'm having like wheat bicks with water. And then, and then, wheat bicks yeah, I know. Water it's now. just like, fuck, we'll just put a honey or something. It's just, yeah, why the hell? I, I, what, I was a teenager when I worked out, I could put apple juice or something in it. But why the hell am I eating <laughs> this crap anyway? But you know what I mean? So my whole family's having these milkshakes and they're having this ice cream for dessert. Yeah. And I'm this sickly asthma kid going, I can't even eat any of this stuff. And all I wanted was, yeah, well, that I'm old, man, and we didn't have that stuff, like, available. Mum would make it off the trees or something for me, but that was rare, you know? Um, 
It's bloody good, Mum's sorbet, actually. Um, <laughs> now you mention it. <laughs> so um, the funny thing is, is all I want is a bloody milkshake. That's why I, I brought collagen. I was so excited when I found collagen because I could have a milkshake that was kind mm. of without the carbs and all that sort of stuff. And and and, and then um, now I'm doing the plant protein. I'm still on this hunt for my milkshake. <laughs> but it all boils down, I just want ice cream and milkshakes, which is, you see, if you go back through my history of in my career, it's like this guy obviously still wants a milkshake. Um but so anyway, bad. yeah. So, but the problem is with whey and collagen. When you put, well, not a problem, but when you put them in, the whey just dissolves. I mean, it's water soluble. It turns to milk. It's like milk powder. It goes back to milk, and you drink it, and it's it's thin. It's not collagen. Kind of disperses, but it's like it's like water. It's a bit sticky it's, though. It, but it's so thin. Yeah. So thin. There's nothing. You drink it. It's like so. You go through. And go okay. So I've got a certain amount of macros available for this snack, and I'm going to make it out of protein. And then you make it, you mix it up with water, you drink it, it's gone. It's like, bugger. You know, like I'm still hungry. Um, oh, yeah. So what's Collagen happening? Fill me up yeah, there. yeah. And so coming into comp season, um, switching over to a plant protein. So when you put the plant in the water, it takes ages to hydrate. Like, when it, what I mean hydrate, you know, for, you, for, for us to absorb things, we, it needs to be 100% soup so we can absorb it. So we have to break, we have to fully dissolve it to absorb it. Now, just the simple process of looking at these things on the bench, whey dissolves really quickly, collagen dissolves really quickly, they're absorbed easily, that's why they look good on the acute studies, because they dissolve really quickly, they come into our body really quickly, so we get a nice spike of our plasma. Yeah, exactly. But then with the whey, with the plants, you, I can sit that on the bench overnight to get wet enough. It takes that long for the water to get inside the plant because it's got this weird surface tension. It's just different. It just doesn't dissolve like whey and collagen. And that's why it always has that a little bit of chalkiness or a bit of texture because it just doesn't dissolve. It doesn't disappear like the other stuff. And it, like I said, to get it to dissolve, you've got to leave the thing overnight. So if you ever want, that's a good tip, if you ever want your plant protein to not be gritty, chalky or anything like that, leave, make it the night before and let it sit there. Um, plant protein soup is but what yeah, we want. but it fills you it fills you up so mm. the point is is this thing sits in your stomach you drink it actually makes you feel full so coming into comp prep and coming into dieting if you want to have a serve of a protein that actually fills you up like you feel like you've eaten something that's where the plant is really yeah. good and a lot of people are switching from the whey's and the collagens over to the plant when they're in the dieting phase yeah. now one other thing I want to mention about that is the plants over time changes our microbiome as well to get away from the firmicutes that increase our calorie yield and get into the bugs that do a little bit more fat burning, which is the bacteriodoides. So this is where the switching between the different types of protein for different body composition goals can be really cool. Is this why James Newbury is so shredded when we trained the other Possibly. day? Possibly. We trained the other day and I'm just coming out of a bodybuilding comp. He's been dieting for like three weeks and I'm like, James, why is lean as me, bruh? Like, yeah. you know how hard I had to train to get here he was like oh, I've just been doing my thing yeah he does his <laughs> thing and he never stops doing his things like he's a sort of yeah he's sitting there telling me that he's going oh he's fine to be talking he's yeah wants to call me anytime uh, I can call him anytime I want uh, today because I'm just riding to Byron Bay so uh, it'll be a three hour ride so I'm just going to ride for three hours and the next day I'll be like, oh, I've got to do this six hour something else and you're just like like <laughs> Crazy that's a day's work. Burning like, calories, yeah. But yeah, yeah, well, that's one thing. So for me, post comp now, so what I've gone in, like obviously, I didn't take really many any subs yep. during my actual bodybuilding competition because I like to get all my protein through me. Now, the main things that I ate was just barramundi and kangaroo, yeah, yeah. because 
kangaroo, like barramundi, in terms of what it, it feeds on and stuff, I'm like relatively healthy regardless of where it is. And kangaroos, obviously, that all has to be wild caught. So I was like, there's the meats I'm going to use. It feels best. And yeah. I'm just have those veggies, rice cakes, and avocado. That's basically what I ate. Yeah, yeah. But now, coming in, as soon as I've gone back to some new foods, I literally said this to my partner yep. um, the other week, Matt. I said to her, I'm like, how am I ever, how am I ever... Just going to get over being hungry. Because one thing that we yeah. talked about is we had a lot of people... Well, your gut bugs are coming yeah. back now. They're going back! This is what I'm saying. So what your plan is now, and I think we're going to run out of time too, so if this thing cuts off, we're going to have to have another episode. <laughs> and it'll be kind of like really cool. So I'm going to waffle a little bit, and then I reckon all of a sudden it'll cut off, and then people have to, oh, we have to come back to find the secret sauce. <laughs> no, so what our plan is now, after you... just press it again. You did that building phase, and then you did that cutting phase. What actually happens now is you're... Now that you've putting your foods back in, the gut bugs that were laying dormant are now starting to come back. Oh, and they're me. hungry. They want more and more of that food. So what we do now, we can actually, depends what you want to do. If you want to get bigger and bulk up and build more and more muscle, we could actually work with those gut bugs to increase your calorie yield and get you into a real big bulking phase and get to you the next level muscle-wise, which is what we'll often do with many athletes. If you want to maintain this body composition and this level of health and yeah. you stay shredded for a while, then what we would actually do is we would, while these bugs are telling you to eat these foods, is the perfect time to poison them because what we do is we throw down a lot of our plant poisons resemble sugars in that as well so they come in thinking it's a sugar like a polysaccharide or these glucans Yo, they, take this turmeric bitch yeah yeah so while they're hungry they just come in and get poisoned and die and so that's the point and then they stop you craving those particular oh foods and we can now is a good try and to reset your gut tell you what you could do right now is a microba insights test and go and find out what is living in your gut and we'll find what's laying dormant, what's stubborn, and what didn't die off when you're starving it and poison that. Totally change your guts. That's insane. I think it's really important because I had like a lot of people check on me like, how are you going post-comp? Because it's known for a thing for all bodybuilders, people get shredded, is they get really depressed mm. after their comps. They have body image stuff. People binge and go crazy. My thing has never been because I'm really healthy with my own body image. I think I'm beautiful. Yeah. All year round, regardless oh, of how yeah, like yeah. I'm very attached to that. And I, um, well, I'm very confident about that. But I just said to him, Mike, I'm just so hungry. The thing is, I just want to eat because I love eating. Yeah. And these damn bugs are getting in my head. Yep. So yeah. how, how am I going to starve them off, Matt? What so are, we're going to kill them? Teach me how to do it. Oh, so basically, a lot of those things we mentioned, so a lot of herbs and spices. So we do Fiber? A lot of, yeah, Fiber. So we use our gut matrix with the yeah. postbiotic matrix that actually helps to displace and set up an environment for the good ones to grow. But often you need to kill the buggers first. Right. Like you can't just go in with it. You definitely can't use something like probiotics because it's like walking in with throwing grass seeds at weeds. <laughs> you don't want to just go in with prebiotics because all you're doing is providing like fertilizer for your weeds. Yes. We need to actually go through and kill off the bad bugs. And so that's when we go through um, things like pomegranate, cranberry, um, garlic, thyme, oregano, um, parsley, all those herbs, dill, um, capers. I try to getting all of those antimicrobial stuff, so the turmerics and, and all that sort of stuff. Ginger, and garlic, Chinese wormwood. Onion? Yeah, onion, yeah. Um, brilliant, shallots and that sort of stuff. So a big mm. variety of anything that's kind of bitter, pungent and hit you. And then... My favourite foods. Like even things like peanuts, for example. If you like to snack on peanuts, you actually get the peanuts the in the shells with a skin around them. So you act, it's the, the skin on the peanuts. So the nut skins, they kill off the bugs that the peanuts would normally allow to overgrow. And that's is just nature being smart because the fuel is inside. they got to get through the skins and the peels and everything to get to it. 
still recording. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing that runs out in an hour. Hang on, but let me just we'll check, check it, it out. Because I can just press a button, hold on. Okay. Still going? Yeah, that's still going. Mm. Cool. Well, what we'll do... Um, we're on, guys. Mm. We're still on here. Mm. So, what I'm thinking... So, when you're growing... We need stuff that's easily digested, easily easily assimilated, get those calories in if that's what you want to do to grow, 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 grow. When you want to stop growing, if you, you've got to get off the boob, you've got to get off the dairy because that dairy and that sort of stuff is made to stimulate your growth. That's when we switch back over to the plants and that sort of stuff, which kind of, man, have a, think about it, nature and all the other animals on this earth. We all start with a couple of years of milk. For a mum, that basically sets up our gut, builds our microbes and gets us everything we need to grow really fast. Then we kind of, all other animals on earth, don't steal the milk from another mum. They just move on to real food. So sooner or later we get off the boob and we get onto the plants. You know, it's just an inevitable progression and that's an essential step with our gut. We're supposed to have the boob for the first bit to grow but then we have the plants to maintain that microbiome. And then we maintain that microbiome by alternating our plants throughout the year because the plants are the seasonal sort of stuff. And then whether you're getting your protein out of that or whether you're adding some animal protein as well, that's irrelevant. Um, the point is, is we need the extra protein anyway but to compensate for the amount of sugars and fats and everything we have in our diet. So that's a very important point. So when we're growing understand that our microbiome and all these things will get to a point where we grow. If you want to stop growing before you get to diabetes and obesity and all that sort of stuff, switch back off the dairy and go back onto the plants, maintain that healthy lifestyle, um, change everything with the seasons, and you're a great way to maintaining a good body composition. Most of us that are getting out of whack, we had a phase in our life where all this stuff was working for us. Like when you talk to people in naturopath clinic, oh yeah man, I felt my best when I was at home, I was living with mum, I was having my regular brekkie, I was eating my, my cereals and you know, I was doing these sort of things, I was eating consistently, I was having a good night's sleep and getting into a good routine and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the problem is, is we just keep doing that. Um, it worked for us, so we just keep doing it. And then it gets to the point where it stops working, we've adapted too far, and now all of a sudden we need to significantly change. I mean, that's what I like, like what I do, um, because yep. it's like, well, I get this period of time where it's, cool, I've created this statue, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, physical beauty is like, you know, when you know when you walk into a house and it's like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, you go, oh, I'd love to be here. You yeah. go to Bali and you look at the nature and how they go, oh, I'd love to be here. You go to the beach, Gold Coast, you go, oh, oh yeah, this is yeah. amazing. I have the same, the same satisfaction comes out of looking at my body. I yeah, go, oh, wow. this is like amazing. I get to be here and this is this beauty that I've created. It's aesthetics. I mean, if you look at Greek culture, they've worshipped the human yeah. body. It's like peak, peak human experience is the human body and how yeah. it looks. So I'm really, get, get real proud and I love to enjoy that for a period of time. And I think working towards that is, for me, with terms of my mindset and how I work through things, is extremely healthy because I've worked hard for that. Then I also enjoy the time off. Yeah. And it's like, I am going to enjoy, like, you know, terms of body image things. Like, I am going to enjoy more food. I'm still going to love how, how I look. I'm going to enjoy doing these things and I'm not, I'm not going to care about it. And then when the season's back on, right, let's push work in. It's like really jam work. Let's focus on your goals. Let's focus on your mission. Let's get really healthy. Let's get your brain really activated. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to stop doing all of those inflammation things and grow. Yeah. And I'm going to focus in through the year. And it makes it has so much balance throughout the year because you've got the transition phases. Yep. So you're not just doing the same thing, as you mentioned, all year. Yep. And I've done this now, you know, 
for like 10 years. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, I'm just saying just some of the success that I've got is is all, be- I would say, is literally because of that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of makes sense, hey? And even that doing that comp season thing the way you do and consistently, like we're saying, it's a really good thing for people to commit to a certain, you know, at least once a year to basically shift their diet and do one of those campaigns because we don't have that necessity to eat with the seasons as such so we can so easily get into the habit where we just do the same thing every day expecting a different result but we get into this same pattern where we we have routine with our work and all that sort of stuff and we we tend to just become creatures of habit so easy to eat the same food every day and realize that you know like if you yeah that's too much you gotta go Um, in and change it though like that's why because my preps go for six months matt yeah wow and and i I like to take them really slow so when i'm getting lean i go cool so what i'll do is i'll just start slowly starting to eat the same things every day roughly this is like a calorie intake i'm gonna enjoy the foods that i like and i'm just gonna be more strict around my food timing yeah. when I do this because I know that later on when I'm competing and it's different when you're competing and just getting lean because competing is like you've got to be on the ball. Yeah. Is I'm going to just, I want to, and I don't want to be making as many decisions. Yeah. So depending what I've done at the start is going to influence my diet at the end because yeah. I'm not going to want to make any decisions. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't bother. I just want to eat the same stuff because I've got so much to bloody focus on. Yeah. So I just spend like, you know, two months just slowly getting into habit and slowly yeah. starting to get the right food. And then about three months out is when I'll start to go, you know, and that, that's two months of just slowly leaning in, very slowly yeah. taking my time. Then three months is go time. Like, and you're go. relatively focus. consistent through that with the foods that you eat and oh, the yeah. way you prepare it and the way oh, you yeah. eat it. I eat real healthy. Because, yeah, it's so crazy to think, yeah, like this is where I get all caught up um, because, you know, like if you make your food fresh, for example. I cook every meal fresh, man. Well, there you go. Every so, you know what's interesting in about that? So, you know, for example, let's look at rice. Okay, so you go and if you make fresh steamed rice or something, and then you go make your veggies, and then you eat that, that get generates a certain amount of calories. Okay, if you were to cook that rice and it had some oil in it when you were cooking it, and then you left it sit in the fridge and you ate it the next day, you know that rice, the actual oil mixes with the starch in the rice. It makes a resistant starch. It reduces the carbohydrate absorption from that rice by fifty percent. So what I'm saying, one thing that I noticed athletes do and successful athletes do is they have so many things so consistent. So when you make slight changes, those things work. Now, can you imagine for the people at home, they're not like that. They, a lot of the average people, they like a variety in their diet. They're still trying to work out what foods work for them. Not quite sure. So someone might have fresh rice one day, then they might have fried rice or something. Do you know you could actually get less calories from fried rice than you could from freshly steamed rice? because of the resistant starch that's made while it sits in the fridge overnight waiting for you to refry it the next day. If I put a little bit of coconut oil to make coconut yeah. rice in there. Absolutely. You the absorption method. So if you go get um, a teaspoon of coconut oil and you make it with your basmati rice or something like that and you use the absorption method where the, all that water with that oil goes into the rice, you let that rice sit, that sit in the fridge overnight over 12 hours it creates resistant starch. You'll half in, inhibit the absorption by 50%. So same thing with pre-packaged. So you make fresh pasta or something like that. Yeah. Or if you go and add, so this is what I'm saying is like some people meal prep, but it doesn't, I'm not saying there's any right or wrong, but consistency allows you to make tweaks and see the results where the average person out there, they'll be um, getting organized and then meal prepping and getting better results. Yeah. And then they're running late, they're eating the fresh stuff. And yeah. so the variation in the meal prepping techniques, the timing of the, all these things change everything. So this is where I do get a little bit caught up with. I know a hundred percent that your body composition changes is going to be a mathematical equation around your calories in versus your calories out. 
where I get caught up is how do we calculate your calories in when the microbiome could change your calorie yield by 20% and then your cooking method could change yeah. it by 50%. You get less calories from raw food than you get from yeah. cooked food. It's like there's all that. So the calories in is very variable, but then the calories out is determined by yeah. your calories in often anyway. Well, yes, the consistency is the main thing. That so we, we're just yeah. basically trying to see what works and then make adjustments and trying to take away some of the variables, which uh, the athletes do really, really well. But they're the sort of things that we're going to share on the podcast and help people with over the time and confuse you with lots of stuff like yeah, this. So fantastic. And <laughs> just one thing that I, how I approach diet and it's like, it's really worked for me is I'll have like, I'll try to pick the healthiest meats as usually it's like a, it's like some sort of beef, barramundi, salmon and kangaroo. That's like all I really eat. I don't really eat chicken and stuff every, every, every now and then if I can't find something else, I'll, I'll grab chicken. Yep. So I don't, cause I'm not doing chicken, rice and broccoli. Yeah. And yeah. It's like yeah. a huge, huge serve of veggies. And usually I'm, I've got like a jar of ginger at home or yep. I'm, I'm cutting up a whole bunch of um like parsley or coriander i'll have a whole yep. whole punnet drink yeah 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 and and i just have that and you know those with the meat and then carbs and if i don't have any fats i'll use like a nut butter like a yep. cashew butter or something yep. Yep. i try to stay away from peanut butter it's that however if my housemates left it in the pantry i'm like oh is that peanut butter? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. but i usually try to stay away from peanut butter yep. and then recently what i'm trying to do is add in a lot of bitter fruits so I haven't done this in the past, mm. but I've fallen in love with papaya. Yep. Love with papaya. I, oh, yeah, know, I haven't yeah, even yeah. eaten this. I'm a ha- yeah. This is the freshest, tastiest thing I've ever had. Yeah. And then um, grapefruits. So a lot of grapefruit, yeah. a lot of papaya, and then like an apples and pears here and there. Yeah, yeah. Works for me. Yeah. I feel great. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you got to do. And Every meal, though, is the same. And real foods, no, whole I foods. I don't need anything different. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, it's so cool. Like, for example, in your meat, one of the things that's in meat that stimulates um, – good body composition is carnitine, for example. Okay, so carnitine's mainly found in meat. Um, and fish is a good source of carnitine. Certain microbes... Fish skin? Huh? Fish skin? Could yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, well, good, good question, because what happens is the bugs that coat fish feed on the carnitine and convert carnitine to this thing called TMA. TMA smells like fish. So, you know when you go to a fishmonger Sometimes and you I smell? Throw it out. Yeah, exactly. So, if your fish smells like fish, you know, it, it should smell like the ocean. What actually makes fish smell like fish is actually the carnitine getting converted by bacteria to a thing called TMA. Now, in your guts, you get the same bacteria. So, if you're taking carnitine because you want it to convert to carnitine palmitotransferase for fat burning, or you want your carnitine to stimulate acetylcholine or dopamine release to have a nootropic effect, if you've got the wrong gut bugs, it will get taken down a wrong pathway, turn it into a fishy chemical that screws around with glucose balance and that sort of stuff. Totally takes it down a different pathway. Now, interesting thing is what they do to stop fish smelling like fish in the markets and that sort of stuff is they use things like green tea, citrus, a lot of your bitter um, citrus peels, um, garlic and ginger. And here we were thinking, oh, they're just marinades to kind of... But no, they're antimicrobial compounds that coat the fish and stop the carnitine in the fish converting to TMA which is exactly why when we eat these foods, we want to combine the garlics, the gingers, the citrus, and all those sort of things with our foods to actually control our gut microbes and how the bad guts can hijack good foods. Guys, can we just take a moment of appreciation for you oh. and the knowledge that you're sharing? This is amazing. No, this is like, it's starting to all make sense. This is the yeah. coolest bit. This is yeah. like so powerful. Yeah. And why, like, you know, James and you guys tell me about what was in like the in, in fiber, like your protein and what's coming out. I was like, yeah. How do how do I get a subscription to oh, all yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, like, no, all... like give me all the stuff, please. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
Oh, yeah, and just, we want to make so much. Hey, but I just want to say yeah. thank you, man. Yeah. Get real present. Like what you're learning right now is a little like, and what you've learned and cultivated is legitimate gold. Oh, yeah. And it's helping me and making great decisions. And I'm literally being able, and I've listened to your podcasts since the dawn of time. Oh, yeah. Literally, I listen to, I listen to your <laughs> podcast. how old I am. Yeah, yeah so wow. literally since the dawn of time. Since, I don't know how old I was. In my early bodybuilding career, when I wanted to get clear on stuff and it influenced my decisions, it, it made me get my DNA tested. It made yep. me go and get all my bloods done. It made me pay attention to my gut health. I got every single test like under the sun yep. done to like get into peak health. I was made made me make the decisions to have a whole packet of parsley in my every single one of my meals because it's going to clean my blood. Yep. You know, learn, learn all of those things, all these little tips and ticks, tricks and techniques that you have applied, Matt. Yeah. I've used for like the last yeah. seven, oh, six, brilliant. seven years. That's cool. It's I'm working. And it's worked. Yeah. I have the most energy. I'm yep. like, so, well, by the way, when I'm not energetic or when things aren't focused or things aren't working or I am blowing up or there's something going wrong, I know why. Yeah. And I can fix it. That's why I have been so consistent. Yep. And I have this beautiful, amazing body. And as I just mentioned, and I keep using myself as an example. Sorry, guys, but it's, mm. it's here. I have this amazing life and I want to share it with people. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to the strong foundations that you mentioned which I've gotten mm -hmm. from applying these things that you've said. So like I'm a product of literally yeah. everything that you're sharing right now and it's working. I look great and I feel great and I feel fantastic. Probably drink a little bit too much coffee. Yeah. But, but besides that, like, <laughs> like we're all good. So I just want to say yeah. thank you. Oh, mate, and what thank you're you saying so is, is literally amazing. And anyone who's listening to this right now, please take some notes. Please listen to anything that like Matt has said and apply it to your diet. And mm. as you're saying, understand like your ego is going to come up, and t come up in terms of hunger things. But, you know, it's okay. One thing that I let happen is I'll understand sometimes, hey, look, my body, my ego is in panic mode right now because my gut bugs want something and wants another rice cake or wants this when yep. I'm competing. And instead of my diet saying, you only have four rice cakes, I'll go, I'll let myself have two more and calm down. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then I'll poison the buggers. I'll, yeah, lure, them thing, yeah. I'll lure them in. I'll lure them in with our I'm rice cake and I'll hit them with a bit of garlic now, or something. Now I'm going to poison <laughs> the shit. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so smart. So in terms of me, you know, with those things, now how I would approach my strategy, you know, to, to hunger cravings yeah. is like, cool, when I am feeling hunger craving. He's going, oh, yeah, you're hungry, are you, man? Put Take something, this. Yeah, put something else in there to, 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 to <laughs> nuke, the, nuke the little suckers. Yeah. Which is great because I was actually a little bit stressed because I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to use so much mental power the next couple of months, because I'd like to stay and keep this for a bit of sum summer while I've got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And just keep poisoning them every time. They, every time they get and they're trying to trick you yeah. and to feed them again, just throw down another yeah. poison. But I was stressed. <laughs> I was a yeah. little bit stressed because I'm like, oh, there's nothing I have to be worried about in terms of managing my business staff, everything. So yeah, yeah. Just want to say a huge thank you. And oh, I wanted mate. to really just like just drive that in home because it's it's so powerful and so strong, and oh. it's just it's the best. Well, I think it's a perfect way to end. Plus, we've probably run out of video yeah. stuff. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll definitely Pleasure. do more. And we'll get right into some of these really practical steps and go in and create mm. some recipes of, you know, prep and pre and during and post. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Send I'm hungry some. now. I'll eat them out, yeah. Little I'm bugs are no, trying no, to no, trick no, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go eat a whole clove of ginger. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll go smash up. We'll go nick him, nuke him. <laughs> but thank you so much for no, coming on you, today. Man. We'll definitely do some more. Um, and, yeah, just keep following along because our plan is, is like we, no one knows everything. We're in that phase where we're just learning so much. So whatever, as we're learning it, we're just trying to share it yeah. um, and just try to explain new science or old science with the new modern way of understanding and just trying to explain it so people yeah. can actually use it yeah. so just keep tuning in 
And if you're interested, just for my stuff, if you're interested in anything to do with, you know, my personal development coaching, especially if you do personal development for men, mm. group communities, if you want to go deep and do like a three-month intensive or you oh, want to be brilliant. part of the community, yeah, it's, it's literally insane. You can head to getstartedwithcorey.com and there's an E on there to have a look at what we actually offer. Or just follow me on Instagram. I reply to all of my Instagram DMs and we're, we're nuts for posting content. So oh, we're mate, sharing this stuff like twice a day, every day, getting back active, to man. And if you <laughs> want to get into a group where these people are actually like sharing information and talking and like there for each other. And then weirdos like Green. me that just watch, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the group for you. Yeah. And I've got a podcast, which is called Corey Batwell podcast. Matt's been on there twice. Oh yeah. So yeah, we've got nuts you. in there as well. So yeah, huge thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Nailed it.